Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! <laughs> Welcome to the ATB night before the NFL draft episode. The NFL draft eve, if you will. I don't know how many of you guys are super excited. And by the time you're listening to this, some of the draft will already have taken place. But we're excited here at ATB. And we've got a group of us here that kind of want to break it down tonight. So joining me, as usual, as I am Rich Mileto, a.k.a. Bodacious Beer. You can find me on Twitter as your uh, illustrious host tonight. I am joined by the infamous and always impressive C.D. Piglet, also known as Mike Crumb. You can find on Twitter at C.D. Piglet. And John McNabb is back with us again to drop some insight that I'm looking forward to hearing from. You can find John on Twitter at John McNabb. You two guys got the easiest damn handles on Twitter, I tell you. And, and the funny thing is, you guys weren't even like the original OGs when we had the limits of like eight characters or some crap. So whatever. And nice I am easy. happy. It is nice and easy. And I am happy and excited to finally be on the show. We have him back. We're lucky to have him back this week. Mr. LP Cruz. LP, I'm pumped. Give everybody, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, man. Guys, you can find me at SDQ Flight Crew. SDQ, man, another easy one. I guess Bodacious isn't that bad, but still. I see some names out there, and it, it, it is pretty easy. But, I mean, some, some of the handles out there, I'm like, yo, it's time to change it. But whatever, that's a that's a topic for another episode. So tonight, I apologize. I have gotten us all slow behind. Uh, golf league started up, and my degenerate golfing ass couldn't stay away since we had sun. I actually could golf in short sleeves today. Woohoo! This is a first for me in a long time. I'm just saying. So I'm a little behind, but LP, Mike, and John are bearing with me. So I want to get the show started off quick and fast here. So we're gonna hit what you're drinking a little bit later. But I want to ask Mike, and, and I, I want LP to chime in here a little bit too, because I'm, I'm still learning some of his insight. But Mike, why don't you break down some, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a synopsis or a highlight synopsis of some things you think we're going to see in the draft, man. Hit me with it. Let, let's hear some Mike Crumb smoke. Let's, let's fire it up. Fantasy-wise, sticking to fantasy-wise, there's really three, uh, three names. Obviously, Kyle Pitts, if that name is not on your mind uh, fantasy-wise, then you're not paying attention. That guy is ridiculous. I don't even know what you do with a guy with that wingspan and speed and just give him like any kind of competent quarterback. If he goes to Atlanta, if he goes to a uh, 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 Burrow in Cincinnati as a fantasy owner of Tua, I hope Tua works. Uh, even Jeff, Jared Goff, uh, any of those guys have him fall within there. I would love to see him fall to Dallas because he would go monster with Dak Prescott. Oh my God. Uh, I like so wait, Jamar let me, Chase. Is, let me yeah. ask, hold on one second. Let me ask you about Pitts. Is he a tight end or is he a receiver? Well, he's a tight end because what this is what you're going to do. And everybody gets hung up on blocking. I don't care. He can block a DB, right? Yes. So if you put a guy in the guard him, he'll be fine to block. He's a good effort guy. If you have a linebacker on him, you had better never run the ball. I don't ever want to see you run the ball if he has. If you have a linebacker, I'm instantly going. I will tell the defense you're playing a linebacker on him. 
oh, okay, we're going to check to a pass. They have a linebacker on Kyle Pitts, and then it's game over. And if you put them in an offense with, uh, say, Cincinnati gets them and they have Higgins and Boyd, or, uh, da- God, Dallas with Lamb and, and, oh, God, it would be scary. He's just hard to deal with. And the thing about him is he's going to get you so many touchdowns because he's such a big dude. And you get in that red zone where teams have to worry about the run. And that's when the linebacker gets on him and you give him the little RPO fake and the linebacker freezes for a second. And the minute he does, you just throw it in the air. And so let me Pitts ask- goes and gets it. So let me ask uh, two, two things. So one, sure. I, I, I've argued that his blocking is actually pretty decent. I mean, unless unless he's unless he's matched up with a a bigger bigger man across from him, like a D end, he's going to hold his own. I think he's going to be fine. Would you Would you agree with that? Yes, you don't want him going one on ones with D ends, but he he's an effort guy, so he gives the effort, and that's really all you can ask with a guy with his body frame. He'll be fine. It, his technique isn't bad. I didn't see anything that was alarming with his technique. W- would you agree? Agreed. And, yep. and I'm with you. Give me that type of guy blocking a DB. That DB is in a world of – when you were trying to get – look, Heinz Ward, okay, in my opinion, was no more technical than Kyle Pitts or no more effort, okay? Heinz Ward was known as a blocking receiver. Heinz Ward wasn't 6'6", 240, or 245. Yeah. I mean, that's a big man. Now, when I say him being a receiver, I know he's going to be called a tight end, and I know he can do those things. But I think you're going to see him play a wide receiver position. Is that crazy? No, because what's going to happen is teams are going to go, you know what, uh, Packers, let's put y- uh, Jair Alexander on him. And Jair Alexander is a beast cornerback. He's also little. He's under six foot. So guess what's going to happen? Put him outside, and we're just going to throw it up to him. Kyle Pitts has the biggest wingspan, like, I think it's ever at the tight end for sure. But he's up there with, like, receivers ever. And, I'm pretty uh, sure it's and ever. when, yeah, when, when he gets lined up on against one of those types of guys, they're just going to put him outside and say, okay, run the fade. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give you a one-on-one and guys like uh, Ward and, and Alexander, Asante Samuel coming out guys that are a little bit smaller that play really well in man teams are going to go, okay, your best versus my best. Let's see what happens. And Pitts is going to win a lot. I don't disagree. So you, you were touching on chase. Hit us with chase. What do you got? Jamar Chase, if he ends up in uh, Cincinnati, I know Suell could be the guy there, but I think pairing uh, Jamar Chase with um, with his old uh, – they set every record in uh, touchdowns, receiving yards with Burrow in 2019. Send him back to the Bengals. You can get offensive line at the top of the second. Eichenberg, Alex Leatherwood, there'll be some guys there. Put him there with, uh, with Boyd. Put him there with Higgins and, uh, and just – go crazy it'll be fun to watch now do you think the do you think the Bengals might take Pitts, or do you think he's he's going to atlanta at four uh i if i'm atlanta i'm taking i think what's going to happen is atlanta is going to go quarterback Bengals are going to choose between Pitts. i mean uh, uh swell and chase and then he'll go in that six to eight range he'll either go to miami detroit or uh, Carolina. I think that's where Pitts will end up. The word was Pitts to Atlanta early, but now uh, uh, they're they're starting to let, leak out stuff that they might want a uh, quarterback, quarterback, especially if uh, Trey Lance makes it. Mike, okay. who? Who? So which quarterback are we talking about for? 
Trey Lance. If Trey Lance isn't picked third, uh, the word is that Atlanta would take him, sit him behind Matt Ryan while Matt Ryan has two years where they're kind of hard to get out of the contract. contract yeah. yeah, and you kind of build up Trey Lance in the way that uh, Mahomes did for a year, you know, uh, uh, and he's like the best ever, and he sat for a full season. So, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers sat for a few years, you know, good people forget that there was a time where you didn't have to come out and, and crush your first year and play and dominate you know you sat a year and that then was you got put in Carson that Palmer. was what was Palmer, that was man. the back in the day that was the standard like you had to be super super good and elite for the Peyton Manning for example was so good yep. that they were like you know what we know you're throwing interceptions we know you're going to learn but you're so good we're getting you out here now and then teams are like, well, geez, if you throw them to the Wolves, man, they learn faster. Yeah. And you also destroy egos and confidence and beat up young players that don't need to be beat up when you had no need to. I, I'm of the opinion. David, I'd like to see him. David Carr. Too. Oh, prime man. example. Prime example. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny, uh, Mike. I got something for uh, – I have, have a spot in my mind for Trey Lance. Not at four, but somewhere else. But we'll talk about it later, though. Later. No, let's hit you know, here, hit it with us. Up. Yeah, yeah hit, hit it up. Okay. So my dream spot for Trey Lance is actually Denver. Denver has it all set up for him. Everything. He has the running game. He has the receiving options. Denver, from a fantasy perspective, is getting nothing from Drew Locke. Nothing. How do I know this? Because I, I took Drew Locke last year, and he cost mm -hmm. me a playoff game. So, to me, that's the one spot where you can bring a guy in, give him support, give him receivers. I mean, they're, what, three guys deep? Patrick, Judy, oh, Sutton, maybe somebody yeah. else. And tight end. No tight way. Well, yeah. and now, so so I got a question for you, LP. I, I have been somewhat of a Drew Locke stand, and I'm nervous about Locke. But That's, I have said, let me finish. I hear you, man. I hear you. Here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm a coaching systems guy, okay? I believe okay. Schumer chose to go there because he had some faith in that system and that quarterback. They did not get a real offseason. I want to see if Schumer can work with them because Schumer has made a lot of quarterbacks in the past, whether it be offensive coordinator, and I think he's even been a quarterback coach, have looked mm -hmm. better than they really should have. Locke has an arm that not everybody has, so I haven't given up faith on him. Teddy going there now is a bit of an interesting bridge, in my opinion. I think that screams – Guys, we're not going to get the quarterback we were hoping to get at that spot. So we're putting a little bit of a preventative plan in action. If the quarterback we like is there, great. We've got Bridgewater. We've got a bridge quarterback. We can move lock. Maybe somebody wants to take a chance on him. At the very least, we don't have access to the quarterback. Maybe we get a good another skill position or lineman or defensive player. I mean, they, they're solid on the overall, but I mean – at that spot, they're going to get some real talent at any number of positions, right? And they've got competition for Locke now. When you break down the numbers for Teddy, I'm not a big Teddy guy. I don't have a – he doesn't excite me. But the bottom line is, is he's efficient, and he, he, he got some things done. So, at this point, the Broncos don't have to. I'm with you, LP. If Lance falls that far, I just – I don't see him going past six or seven. I don't see a quarterback, whether it's Fields or Lance, dropping out anywhere outside the top 10 
and I see teams moving up to get him. I just can't. Why would you not move up? I mean, to get a sixth or seventh round pick, even though it's a quarterback or sixth or seventh overall pick, you're not going to have to trade away the farm like the fucking Niners did to move up to three. Well, that's Denver, right? So Denver's sitting in nine, and he falls to seven. What's stopping them from picking up the phone and saying, hey, look, I know you don't want Trey Lance at seven. Let's move up and get him. Because at Absolutely. This point, I mean, well, let's talk about Teddy for a second. So you said Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. By taking Bridgewater, that says two things to me, at least. So it's one, do we have confidence in Drew Locke? Because if not, fine. Like you said, Teddy is a good fall safe. Right. No problem there. That's right. fine. But we know what Teddy is. Like you and I both know what he is. His problem will always be the limitations of the arm talent. It's always going to yeah, be a 100%, thing. 100%. So, I mean, if Teddy's the guy for the year, you're going to have a veritably better offense from a fantasy perspective with those guys there. If yep. Teddy's the guy. If Drew Locke, I don't care about the arm strength. Are you efficient? And he's not. That's always been the problem. So, to me, look, I just say, hey, hit the button, go to seven, get Lance if he's there. If not, Teddy's your guy. I'm just, I'm so burned by Locke. I'm, uh, I'm out. I'm all the way out on Drew Locke, all the way out. Okay. I, I guess I still feel like some of that can be coached out of him. And, and I could be wrong. I could very well be wrong on that, you know? And maybe that's more You're not wishful wrong, He has a stance. Not by yourself. No, no. But, I mean, I'm just saying two years from now, LP, we can look back and be like, you were wrong. You know what I'm saying? I, that, that's where I'm coming from. Big Fangio, I, Big Fangio thinks you're wrong. <laughs> Right, that right. defensive coach does not want Drew Locke anymore. He wants he wants somebody right. that can come in and make some plays, and he can win with his defense. That's what Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Bridgewater will give him that. And I I just there are things I saw from Locke. I mean, there was a couple of games where it was like, I mean, Locke did flash at times. I mean, there were times when you watched him that you were excited. But to your point, LP, within the same game, I mean, it could even be with it. The, the extremes same of up drive. and down were, I was just about to say, it would happen in the same drive. That, that's what's frustrating. And, and that's why I said, I'm really curious. Look, I haven't given up on CEH for the same reason. There, there's a number of players out there that I feel like I feel the same about them today as I did this time last year after the draft. Because of situation, coaching, system, what have you, that – because of COVID and no offseason, I'm just not willing to say, yep, we know what happened. Because I don't think last year was a normal year. And I do have a lot of faith in Schumer. And, and some of it is wishful thinking. But you're right, LP. If, if he's available at seven, how much does it cost you to move? Mike, how much does it cost you to move up nine to seven? QB tax, man. You just don't know. People are going to make you pay right. the QB tax because right. Detroit's going to go, oh, I got New England on the line and I'm getting this, this, and this. No, so fair, even, fair even nine to seven, you got to remember Bears moved up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky ah! and, and gave up a shit ton. Mm. One spot. All right. Next, so they were the next pick. So but all right, the team me, ahead of them was saying, hey, we got callers. So, all right, I'm going to hit all four of you. John, what are you willing to give up to move up from nine to seven? From nine to seven in a real draft? Yep, yep. Say you're the Denver Broncos like LP. What are you willing to do? Because I know you're not a big lock fan either. No, I'm not. Um, that's a tough question. I don't really understand those values. It doesn't make any sense. But like Mike said, if, if they're going after a QB, you know they're going to pay up. LP, what do you think? What would you be willing to do? 
third. Third. Uh, first, you, you exchange first and give up a third, right? Give up a third because they have a high third, right? Is that, what, yeah. is that right? They have, yeah. like, what, 76 or something like that? I guess like, I mean, you, you, you describe the guy, I because you're kind of describing Rex Grossman to me with, with Locke, man. Uh, Good game, bad game, peaks and valleys. It you sounds know, like Rex Grossman 2.0. Yeah, Grossman oh, just didn't have like, his arm, though. But no, you're right. No. You're right, though. I mean, so, Mike, what would you be willing to move up for? Uh, if I believed in the quarterback, I, I you know, you're going to have to give up. You're probably going to give up your two. Even That's to move up thinking. two spots. It's, That's it's what QB I'm thinking. Tax. I think I think it's an exchange of first and I think it's a second rounder. That's that's and in all fairness, if I love Lance, if I'm the Broncos and I feel like LP does and I love Lance, I'm giving up that second for him. Then question well, like, for, like question ahead, LP. I got I gotta tag out here, guys. I, I, I oh hold on. Let let LP ask us one question that we'll see you, Mike. Okay, ahead, okay. Ahead, so if we're giving up a second in your mind for Lance, right? Is Lance ready to play today? Because that's the second round pick I'm giving up for a guy that I might sit. And I know he's got limited throws at NDSU. So do I trade up my second to start him day one? Is that what you're doing? No, I wouldn't. Are you asking me? No, yeah, I would yeah. not. I'm not trading up. I'm telling you what, if they love him and need to move up and, and they think he's the guy, they're going to make you do that because what's going to happen is they're going to say, uh, New England's willing to give me uh, 46 and another two next year, and I can go back a few more spots, and you're only giving me a three. You know, so like, you're going to have to give me a two. And so that's what, you know, it's that it's that that game you can play because the QB, QB tax. So hey, Mike, and, and hey, hey, Mike, we really appreciate you jumping on. I apologize to any listeners, to the, the to our hosts here. Um, I was late and screwed this up, but Mike, thank you for taking some time. I wanted to get some insight from you and I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to you after the draft. So, Hey, happy NFL next draft week. Eve next week. Happy NFL draft Eve. Get your sleep tonight while you can. Cause you ain't going to get it for the next three days, bro. I am so, not. <laughs> so get <laughs> your so sleep. Do. Right, get your sleep. Fucking relax. Peace out, bro. We'll wrap it up for you. All right. All right, guys. Hey, Terrace Marshall Jr., watch that name. If he's healthy, he's going to be a fucking monster. Ter Terrace Marshall Jr., got it, bro. Look at, look at John. You. John, John All you right. pick that up for me. I see you. Pick that up for me. Terrace Marshall, let him know. Bye, guys. Peace, Later, Mike. Man. All right, John, lay it on us. What do you got about Terrace no, Marshall? So I'm, I'm glad he's mentioning him. So you were talking about our wish list for tonight, right? Yep. That, that's who I want. I want him to land in Arizona so bad. So bad. Man. For fantasy. They oh, yeah, in the later round. Wow. Right, you guys, lay it on me, LP. What do you got, man? Let's hear it. Well, to me, it was Trey Lance. That was the one that I wanted to see. Like, I wanted to see that guy with those weapons. But if I had to go to another choice, I want to see Fields with the Niners. That's what I want to see. Uh Yes, I, I, yes, I just, man. I just don't think you're gonna see it, though, man. I I have become a Mac Jones stand. I'm not gonna lie. I have become a Mac oh. Jones stand. So here's where I'm at, it, LP. I don't know what you know much about me or not, but I am a big coaching system and scheme guy. I may okay. be wrong and cut off my own dick at times to take landing spot over talent, for example. Okay, that's just I have made my headway in fantasy. 
by understanding what coaches like to do and understanding that when they get the type of players they like and counting on that volume. Okay. That's just kind of where I'm at. I also think that when it comes, especially at quarterback, but when it comes to pro athletes, the talent is so good at that level that while you have the outliers that are super extreme, super uber athletes, the vast majority of those other athletes are still super athletes. They're separated by very little talent. And what I want to find is somebody that is more driven and more determined than anyone else. You know, people have joked about if you could clone Michael Jordan, what kind of basketball player would he be in today's world? There's an argument out there that unless he was a freshman and you cut him from his varsity team, you would never have Michael Jordan again. His determination and drive, and he's admitted to it. When I got cut, nothing hurt more, and I was never, ever going to have that feeling again. That drive made Michael Jordan who he is. Tom Brady was a fifth-round pick. Why? He had no athleticism. His arm was questionable. But we look back, and is there anybody that does more with their diet, more with their off-season program, more with their film, or anything else to get it done? Ray Lewis had knocks on him about he wasn't all that quick. He's not that athletic. I don't know what film people watched, but what, man, what time did that man not make a tackle? When was he not on top of the ball before the ball was there? Watch Watch video of him watching film. There was years ago, they did this thing where they got, you know, sat down with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis every week, depending on what favorite game it was. Watch Ray Lewis break down film. I am not a Ray Lewis fan. I don't really care for him. Okay. It's beside the point. But when I watched film with that guy, I had never been more excited and felt more intelligent and more pumped about watching freaking football film. The guy was okay. a genius. Okay. Peyton Manning, okay, hit me. So, Bo, let me hit you with this, this inverse here for a second. So, if I'm following where you're going, you're saying that because Mac Jones is so slept on, if he lands in San Fran, he's going to tear it up. Is that right? No, is what I'm saying is, no, what I'm saying is, I've never heard of a college player coming out and watching four hours of film on a, for a team he hasn't even been drafted by yet. The report came out that the man is watching four hours of film a night getting a head start. What that tells me is not, I ain't worried about, to your point, you're right about the chip on the shoulder. Aaron Rodgers had that. And, and, and that is part of it, LP. But I am more wrapped up in his drive and determination. When you hear the coaches at the senior bowl talk, when you hear about Nick Saban talk, it's, he is really hard on himself. He is really hard on his team. He expects perfection. And when he doesn't get it, he wants to strive for it and work at it. Not everybody's molded that way. And I could no, be wrong, no, okay, LP? Look, I'm not on the interviews, okay? We've had a few guests on, and they've all said the same thing. Oh, well, there's a lot in the interviews. You really got to get in these guys' heads. You know, it's really more about work ethic and what makes these guys tick and whether or not they're going to be successful. Okay. So if I'm enamored with Mac Jones's determination and drive and perseverance – whether I'm right or wrong, but if that's how I feel about it, don't I kind of have to be super excited about a guy that has a ridiculous accuracy rate? And yeah, I agree. His arm is, is underwhelming, but Chad Pennington had a horrible arm and had a decent my, NFL career. Wait, 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 wait. I like Chad. I, <laughs> but it's funny because I, I toss around the words. I, I toss around Chad Pennington about this guy all the time. 
But I like Chad. I like Chad. But let me play devil's advocate with you for a second. Everything Please you're do. saying about Mac Jones, everything you're saying about Mac Jones, I could take the exact same pretext and apply it to Justin Fields. The exact same thing. I don't Where disagree. Right? So I got benched, right? I got, I got benched for a guy that's not even even a guy anymore. Who, who was it? Was it not Aaron Murray, uh, Jake, Jacob Fromm, right? Right, right, right? I lost my job, Jacob Fromm. I go to a school and no one thinks he can produce a pro quarterback at Ohio State. Not only that, I got stamped and certified as a senior by Cam Newton, an MVP. So everything we say about this guy, about Mac Jones, I can apply the same pretext to Justin Fields, the exact same stuff. I can spin it however you want. Hey, look, we've all sat there, bullshitted, and, and spat game to, to a guy for a sale before. I can do the same shit with Justin Fields quite easily. Now, if you're a system guy, and Bo, I respect that, what do you say about Bama? What does Bama oh, produce? Well, well time out. Said, Bama Fields, out. No, Fields has a better system. Fields came from a much truer pro system, okay? And, and let me be clear on something. I, I am not as low on fields as a lot of people are. Okay. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I've, I really like Justin Fields. The people that tell me he's the number one quarterback in this class, I don't really disagree with them. I am as not as enamored with Trevor Lawrence as some people are. I get why people like him. But if we're going to be honest about adjusted accuracy numbers, the type of system, the type of tools around him, how he played in that system, you have to put Justin Fields in that top two conversation. I, I don't, I don't see how you can't. That said, it's just my opinion, LP. Some of it is, look, man, I'm a Cleveland guy. I'm Ohio State, Penn State guy. There's a little bit of negative bias with Ohio State quarterbacks with me. So I'm going to be upfront and say that he just automatically comes down a level unfairly. Okay. First and foremost, I know that. And I'm constantly reminding myself of that. This is why I'm being honest and saying anyone, in my opinion, that doesn't put fields. And look, I really like Zach Wilson's arm, man. When I watched the pro days, Zach Wilson got me excited this year, like Justin Herbert did last year. And it's because of the arm. You heard me mention it with Locke. I get kind of enamored with that arm with quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. When I, I will, I will sit here and pat myself on the back and say, I'm good at finding running backs. That's my jam. I, I don't know why I love it. I struggle at QB. When I have success at QB, it's because I love the guys on. But every good quarterback will tell you, you can't teach accuracy. Drew Locke doesn't have accuracy to your point, LP. That's part of his inconsistency, you know? Right. Fields, right, right, right. Fields does. And if we're going to be honest, Fields has a better arm than Mac. You could argue as accurate or close enough to it, way more mobile and athletic, better size. I, I will not dispute those things. I haven't heard anything from Fields that has me as excited about Mac Jones the way just the, maybe the guy reminds me of me. It's one of those things like you want to see me do something, tell me I can't do it type of thing. And I'm not saying Fields isn't that. I've also said I think it's bullshit. It came out about his epilepsy. And I think some fucking team did it on purpose to see if they could get him to drop. That's just my opinion. I feel like Justin Fields has been shit on, man. So I do want to be upfront that I'm a bit of a Fields fan. I'm probably lower on him than I should. And I have been a bit enamored with Mac. And if you tell me that you know the same things, LP, I believe you. And I have no doubt that the, we may look back in 10 years and those are going to be the two quarterbacks we talk about. Because people are hating on fields, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, both. Like, like let, let me not, like, piss around and lie either. I mean, 
the Mac Jones thing to me just sounds so outlandish that I, I got to throw stones too. Like it is what it is. Um, but though you watch and John, you can chime in too. I'm sure you, we watch all these quarterbacks a lot. The one thing when I would look at quarterbacks, cause I, look, I got fooled by Trubisky. I thought Trubisky would be safe. Chicago, you know, he can hit his intermediate throws. It's fine. The part that he never got was seeing the window before it opens. That's where I'm wondering, can these guys at the pro level see the windows before they open? And if they can't, then we have a problem. So just rank them. Like, I mean, throw in Trevor Lawrence too. From these three guys, who do you think has the best option or has the best site to anticipate the windows and make the throws? Oh, you're like, not that, gonna like my it. you're not gonna like my answer on this. But and honestly, that no one has <laughs> phrased that no one has phrased that question to me like that, man. And I'll tell you why I feel this. It's Mac Jones, and I feel that way because he's got the weakest arm of them all. My concern for Mac Jones at the NFL level, I that's great that he sees the window. Does he have the arm ability to throw it in that endo window against NFL defensive backs? That is my number one concern. I was very slow coming onto the Mac Jones train. I kept asking, why is everybody enamored with him? Okay, so he's accurate. Great. But his arm doesn't impress me is all I kept saying. Can he make those? Well, look at these tight windows. They are really tight windows, some of them he throws in. But he's throwing against competition that one in twenty, one in 112 are going to play at the next level. I mean, there's 112 college teams and only 32 NFL teams. And 32 NFL teams with players from not just three or four years, but five, 10, 15 years. So he's got to make these throws against these type of athletes. And I'll be frank with you, LP. I don't know if he can. I don't. That is my concern with him. Fields, in my opinion, he can. I don't know if he sees the windows the same. When you ask me that way, I would say I think I'll throw in Lawrence, and I think Jones sees the windows better. But I, those other two guys have better tools, man. I'm not going to deny that. It's a natural gift, man. And that's, that's all. But then, see, that's the problem with the valuation of the third pick. If I'm taking a guy third, and I've done this even with the, the whole Kyle Pitts thing, the Dallas thing too, it's the evaluation of the pick. Why would I give the third overall pick in a draft for a guy with limited physical upside? Why? And, I, and to me, really, the, the whole key is no matter who goes third at quarterback, they're in safe hands with, with Kyle Shanahan. We know this already. I mean, look, look at Kirk Cousins. He, he, he would have been fine here with the Shanahans in, in, in D.C. or whatever. So it's fine. It's just the allocation of resources the third overall pick is going to be a guy with limited physical uh, a limited a physical question. Archetype. why it's a question it's a fair why? question you know what John, thoughts, man? yeah so one of my thoughts with the 49ers taking fields was and you i don't know if you saw in film I, i'm not a big film guy but he he can still move around right he's he's physical he's got some athleticism i'm thinking kyle shanahan can produce rushing yards right so if we put fields in that system, and that brings me to my running back I want to go to the Niners, which is Sermon. So he's a big bodied running back and they played together. You match that pair, it's more of a comfort zone. And then Kyle Shanahan takes advantage of that rushing attack from both. You think like like that whole Cutler thing? Sort of? Cutler? Cutler and Denver kind of deal a little bit? A little bit. I don't remember it as much, but I'm just thinking Kyle Shanahan's trying to get a little tricky because he made all these investments in Jimmy G and now there's all the talks about the past. We're not going to talk about that. Um, so I think Kyle Shanahan is really under pressure to make a move and make some 
I mean, they, they made it a Super Bowl, right? But then it's it's kind of this injury and things aren't happening. So I think something different's got to happen if they're going to move Jimmy G. Here, here's my thing. Brian Hoyer's well, looked better in a Kyle Shanahan offense than Jimmy G has. I'm just saying. Kyle, Brian Hoyer for the Browns put up sick numbers in a Kyle Shanahan offense. I understand he had Josh Gordon or whatever, but – Jimmy G's had better quarter has been, had better tools in my opinion, and they are going to run. I don't think Trey Sermon fits in that offense personally. I think Trey Sermon is going to be fine in a couple of places. I just don't think that's the one. But let me ask both of you guys this because I this question I was talking to someone on Twitter and this came to my mind. Where would Peyton Manning get drafted in this draft class, knowing what we know when he got drafted, not the twenty years later Hall of Fame career, but when he came out, people were comparing him to Ryan Lee. Brian Leaf had the better tools. Where would Peyton Manning, with what we know about him, get drafted in this draft class? As far as quarterbacks. Well, you, you said Ryan Leaf, right? Yeah. I said, I, I want to know about Peyton Manning. Well, I put it this way. If you mention a guy like that, right? Let, let's pretend for a second. Let's pretend that Zach Wilson was 6'5". Let's say he was the Ryan Leaf of this class. Let's just pretend for a second. With all that we have today in social media, with all this stuff, I, I do think teams are influenced by what they see, the social media and stuff like that. You're with right. all these pro days, if a guy was doing this and he's lighting up the board, throwing 30 yards down the field, throwing absolute darts, man, absolute darts, I think that guy goes first. I think Peyton Manning goes maybe third overall, like where we saw something like Matt Ryan. But again, but that's the physical traits that stand out to people. These tools tend to stand out to some of the people. So I think Manning probably doesn't go number one overall, I don't think. I, I I don't think so. Just my opinion, though. And I play this game no, all the time I, with certain prospects where they would go. Even running backs. I, even like LT, like Lane Thompson, would he go top five as a running back anymore? No. I don't no. know. Probably and, and not. That, that's a fair question. Where I was coming from, I guess, I could see Peyton Manning being in that same group or being looked at as the same way as Mac Jones. Now, I understand. I, I, I understand. I'm not trying to compare Mac Jones to Peyton Manning. I'm not trying to make that comparison, okay? Okay. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to compare is Peyton Manning was a non-mobile. People weren't sold on his arm. Was very efficient, very accurate, high intelligence. I'm saying that I think it's interesting to me. I'm not saying it's a right or wrong thing, but here's a guy that went first overall, and at, in all fairness, was it was debate one or two. That's the only reason I mentioned Leaf. It's one or two, and I think in this draft class. We'd be talking about Peyton Manning probably being a top 10 pick. Somewhere in that ballpark. John? I mean, I'm thinking if Peyton Manning's in this draft right now, Pats. At 15? Well, I think they'd have to trade up. I think they'd have to trade up. But I think Belichick can notice those type of traits, that, that personality, that it factor, if you will, and then go after that talent even if they're not mobile or show extra athleticism, but he can see that, that arm strength, that the foundation of what makes a QB good and then turn them into something great. Speak your mind. It's, it's tough, man. It, man it's, for me, it's kind of tough because when it comes to quarterbacks, I try to compare them to what I've seen in the past as an indicator for the future. And so I think about a guy who had a lot of help around him, you know, won a lot of games, big time program, but then had the physical archetype and the tools. Uh, Mac Jones is a senior, right? Or is he's a junior? Which one is it? I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure he's a senior. Be keep in mind, senior. he transferred. He did transfer. And when he transferred, he was already behind 
he was the same age as Tua because Tua came out as a junior. He's the mm-hmm, same age mm-hmm. as Tua, but they were, you know, he was already behind. Tua had already been there for a year. So, see, I, I know I mentioned Chad Pennington. The other part, the other guy that I talked about too was I also mentioned Matt Leinart also. Um, just that that guy with you know limited physical upside, but is Looked very like a smart. He yep. sounds really smart. He was yep. very intuitive, but he had a great system with Jared and Bush and Bush. Yep. It's like, again, do I make the same mistake again? Do I take your top ten pick for a limited upside? Do I do it? And I'm sorry, man. I don't. <laughs> you got a hard time convincing me, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm. I'm no, sorry. No, and, and dude, I'm not trying to convince you. Look. First of all, LP, thank you for one playing devil's advocate pushing back. My opinion, this is what I've always want. We need more of this. Sometimes we all are guilty of a little bit of groupthink, okay? I also like to be a little unorthodox and kind of come from a different angle at times. I get this is a bit against the grain. I, 80% of the population, it's Trevor Lawrence or die. Uh, the Jets are going to ruin Wilson. Um the Niners are stupid for taking Mac Jones. Why would you trade all that away for a limited upside, who it is, whatever kind of guy? Um, Trey Lance needs some time to sit, and he could be a real wild card. And Fields falls to somebody, and they're getting a hell of a steal because he should be a top three pick. That That is the large consensus by far. And I, I'm not saying it's wrong by any means. These are just things I've wondered. I mean – I get that when I bring up Brady and Manning and Rogers, some of these other guys, I I am of the belief that I think the running quarterback thing is a bit of a fad. I don't think coaches and teams want these quarterbacks to get hit. I understand the idea of being mobiles to get away, but nobody talks about Rogers mobility when that's all he's done his whole career. He's never run away to gain yards. He's run away to throw the ball and he's athletic enough that he's good at it and he doesn't really get noticed for it. Mahomes, everyone liked the first year he started, the rushing yards he got. I've had him since then. You ain't get rushing yards anymore. But in the Super Bowl, the poor motherfucker ran for what, four and a half miles trying to save his own ass? <laughs> Well, I, so when it comes to that that fad, I, I do see what you're saying. The fad, the only fad to me is probably Lamar Jackson. Like a guy running at that type of rate is unheard of. Even uh, Josh Allen, like for a time, Josh, like half of Josh Allen's yards by year three were rushing yards, almost half. I think like 42 percent. But that wasn't scripted. Lamar is scripted. No one wants Lamar. I mean, really, you don't want to pay a quarterback the market of $35, $40 million to run that much. So, yeah, it is a bit of a fad. I understand it. The, the dual threat thing is probably played out. It's probably stretched further than it, you know, it should be. Like, the truth is it's stretched out a little bit. Um, but your mobile guy that you want to throw from different platforms, the guy that you want outside of the pocket, that's still necessary. You still want that. I mean, that's fields, too. To me, it's fields. So you can still do it. But, I mean, as far as a guy that's running the ball, 15 carries a game, hell no. Hell scripted or not hell no you but don't it's want not your quarterback a taking those fine. hits that, that's where i was trying right. to it, it is man cam was built yeah. like a yeah. linebacker and he couldn't handle the wear and tear why do you want your prized possession the guy you pay more than anyone else the dude that touches the ball more than anyone else why do you want him getting hit all the time you don't but you know what it is too though 
I think when you draft these guys in mind, and well, I remember out here in, in the DC area, the big thing was Robert Griffin. We all remember Robert Griffin, right? RG3. Rookie of the year, the Flash, man. Rookie of the stuff. year. Yeah. But at some point, he had to wean himself off of that read option game. So you take the guy for the physical archetype and the physical upside, which is great. But at some point, I think you expect your guy to improve as a passer. Again, Lamar Jackson talking to you. You want to see that guy improve so that he doesn't have to run the ball as much. So if you have a system in place for the first couple of years, if you're going to run the ball, he's going to progress, become a better playmaker and a better passer, fine. Trey Lance, hey, talking to you, fine, great. But we're not going to have a guy that's going to be a running quarterback. And, when I say, and I really mean that, a running quarterback. You talked about, does Peyton Manning go one overall? Shit, does Michael Vick go number one overall nowadays? Maybe. 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 Probably. So it's probably. It, 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 I mean, it, it, it's all relative. It all changes. It's, it's all relative, I guess, man, because in, teams do what's in vogue at the time anyway. Like yeah. Baker Mayfield would have never been a top overall pick if not for guys like Russell Wilson. It doesn't happen. So no, times right. change, man. Times flow, no, times change. It, and really, where I was coming from more with that question, and, and it was kind of to highlight times have changed. It, it wasn't to kind of dog on anyone one way or the other. It was more of, I found it interesting to me that one of the quarterbacks that is the greatest in history, okay, given what we knew then and what we now think today, I think he would go largely unnoticed. I think he would fall to the back of the train a little bit. And it's not that I'm saying it's right or wrong. It's something interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, it is. It is. Brady is an extreme example. Okay. So I don't even really want to deal with that. Right. But to go from consensus, obvious number one to, I think it's fair to say he could easily have been considered a 10 or a 15. Now, and all at the same time, Watson went 11. Mahomes went, what, nine? Something like Ten, that. right? 10. Okay. Ten. Something like that. Yeah. Big. We've had quarterbacks. It, it, you know, it's more of the first round thing than specifically, but typically it's early in the round. It's just, I found that somewhat interesting. You know what I mean? Because I'll be the first to admit with all the tools you throw Peyton Manning with this group. Yeah. I mean, and then you bring up the thing about the girl and all that with Manning. Manning could have easily slipped to the bottom of first round in this class. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, you know what's weird, though, bro, as you bring it up? Because I was thinking about the examples of quarterbacks. There are some teams that get desperate for anything, though. And we, You're the right. element that we have not talked about, you have to consider the QB thirsty team that will, that will just fuck themselves up for need. And that's, man, talk about EJ Manuel going top 10. We can talk about Christian Ponder. It's so many, like, huh, quarterbacks you take in because you just, you're Blaine Gabbert. Because you're just lusting for a quarterback. Happens all, I mean, it happens all the time. Every year. Okay. I tell you what. Let's just – I don't have time Jesus to look at manual. it now. Which, you know what Jesus. we should to man- manual? Shoot, ask me. I probably know it. Ask. Okay. How many quarterbacks taken in the top 15 picks for the last eight years are still quarter- starting in the NFL? Uh, you know what's funny? I don't know this, but – um. So, it's a weird – it's a weird – I wouldn't expect you to. I'm just – it would take us some no. time to look it up. Good – hang tight, though. Hang tight. So, um, just so you guys know, I wrote an article on – because, you know, like, you know, being a Cowboys fan, there's a lot of Dak shit talking. It's a bunch of it. So, I did an article for the league winners. You guys can check it out. Um, 
you know, Where I said, find you it? Know, pay. so it's, uh, the, the site is the league com, and I'm on okay. this LP cruise. You guys can find it up there. So, you know, when Dak was getting his contracts fiasco and all this stuff of don't pay Dak for all these dumbass reasons. The one that came up was, Oh, save the cap space and just draft the quarterback. It'll be fine. So in the last 20 years, if I'm, I'm hope I'm correct. And, you know, referencing the article in the last 20 years, we've had 59 quarterbacks taken in the first round, 59. Only 8% of those guys, 8% have won a Super Bowl or an MVP. Only two have been both. Only two. So this whole thing of like, I mean, really the quarterback game is not, a, it's not promised. And we don't know who's going where, but the percentages are so damn small. That if you F it up, you can like really kill your franchise. The Bears. Like, yo, you could. Oh, I mean, no, the, the Jaguars. You were, you were a quarterback away from beating the Pats and probably winning the chip. Super Bowl. You yeah. were a Blake Bortles away. No, I, I mentioned the. I wrote it. I wrote an article on the Bears on how they screwed themselves with Mitch, the hole they put themselves in, that they basically forced themselves this year to be in a real pickle because they're not drafting early enough to get the high draft capital from a quarterback. They don't have the draft capital to make a move to go get a high draft capital quarterback. And they have some decent pieces. They've got no option for a quarterback. And here we are by making the playoffs. Well, right, because they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Gosh. Because they had a good team in place. They sold the farm for Mitch Trubisky, and they were wrong. Gosh, if, if, if it's not Mitch Trubisky, who were some other quarterbacks <laughs> taken that year? Give me two other ones. Oh, Ask Trubisky? Yeah. Watson. Um, Watson and Mahomes. Okay. Watson and Mahomes. There you go. There you go. Think about that. They take Watson or Mahomes, who went way later. Way later. Because the guy that went in front of them, nobody's talking about, Carson Wentz. So they go way later. And guess what? The Bears have probably won a Super Bowl, man. They had a defense to do it. Hey, tight. 17 with what quarterbacks? It was those three guys. Was there a guy that went uh, first overall? Or am I thinking of Miles Garrett? Wasn't it? I'm probably thinking of Miles. Wasn't it? <sighs> shit. What year did Goff and Wentz go? Were they different 16. year? They were 16. Yeah, I'm getting year. confused. That's 16. right. My bad. 16. My bad. 16. Yeah, because Miles I Garrett. I think we're talking about Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. 17, yep. right? Yep. Still, still, man, still. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing with the QB come out, and we can we can love our guys, man. We can have our you know favorite quarterbacks who want to see do well and perform well, but it's the fit is the most important thing. But again, these teams when they start talking about draft, and I'm sure these conversations happen of the valuation of the, of the pick is got worth it, the upside. It's just a it's a wide spectrum of what could happen, and I think some team or some old GM will just screw himself over of seeing a guy as the wrong fit or whatever it is. The one thing I will say about the NFL quarterbacks though is we're not taking a guy from a system. And I know Bo, you're a big system guy. We're not taking a guy from a system in college and making them learn something completely brand new in the NFL. Right. Those days are kind of dead. Thankfully for the quarterbacks in these passing camps nowadays, that shit is dead. Unfortunately, toast a quarterback. Unfortunately, it's really screwed the old offensive lineman though. Because by incorporating more of those yeah. passing schemes, they've incorporated more of a spread offense and have done a real disservice on the technique with offensive linemen, which is why we've seen more quarterbacks get killed, which is why we see more teams that want a quarterback that can run so they can protect themselves. 
Ah, the circle of life. The circle of life, right? <laughs> right. But you know what? The offensive lineman. But to your point, this is why I kind of like uh, Jones and Shanahan. Shanahan said, I don't have a problem with the mobile quarterback as long as they can win from the pocket. Lamar, I'm looking at you, just like LP was. No one is worried about you staying in the pocket, bro. I'm just saying. It's not happening. You're not killing teams from the pocket. Herbert, Herbert made people pay from the pocket mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. The knock on him was, well, could he take a snap from center? Well, if you watch right. him at the combine, it sure looked like he was really focusing on footwork and showing you, I can get back. I don't have to take the ball from, you know, a shotgun snap. It's funny the things we get worried about. You know what I mean? Because I heard you not earlier when I mentioned the zip on the ball he had last year. Nobody doubted his cannon of an arm, right? Oh, no. But it, was, it wasn't was utilized right. Like, it wasn't being used as much as Oregon because, mind you, didn't he throw, like, 60% of his passes or screens or something like that? It was something, something stupid. wild like that. Stupid, stupid like that. Point being, though, is looking back, is it fair to say that Herbert was as good as talented should have been in the same conversation as Burrow? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know what I think might have hurt him, too? I, I think what elevated Burrow's stock was LSU's had a long-standing problem at quarterback for a long time. So Burrow comes in there, and, I mean, he just kills it at quarterback for LSU. And, it, and of course, he has the athleticism as well, so his stock rises. The downside is, look at Oregon quarterbacks and maybe guys, you know, talking about the system and Mariota. Like, I do think, and I said this before, Certain quarterbacks have to pay for the sins of other quarterbacks. It's not fair, but Justin Fields with the OSU thing. Um, shit, Trey Lance. He's going to have to pay for Carson Wentz because of North Dakota State, limited snaps, and all kinds of stuff like the powerhouse program out there. All kinds of these things, man. Like these things do happen to quarterback stocks because, and this thing, that's why it's so fun. It's so many variables. You and I can, and John can talk for hours about it, but. It's so many fine variables and nuances to this shit. It just changes everything. But no, I do think Herbert probably could have been that same conversation in the top five. Why not? Right, right. It just good look, athlete I, too. Good athlete I, too. Right. Yeah, better athlete than people. I mean, that was one thing. Like I said, the big knock I heard the whole time was, well, the, the throwing downfield part, and he, he never played under center. Well, I watched what games I could watch. I don't like saying film because I don't have the end zone film and I don't have the little butt dealy to back and forth and cut the plays, whatever. But I told my dad, cause he was like, Oh, look at this guy. I said, dad, they don't have the same art. So I sent him two videos. Both of them were 30 yard, 40 yard pass plays. Okay. One was Herbert. One was the other quarterback. I think it was that guy at Penn state. And I said, all right, just count in your head, watch it. They're both going about the same amount of distance, give or take five, 10 yards. Look how mm-hmm. low one is and how quickly it gets from point A to point B and the arc on the other one in point A to point B. The guy that's throwing the laser is the guy that I want. That's the guy I feel like can make the windows in the NFL throws. You want the velocity. Um, I do. I think I what do. happened to Herbert, honestly, was the – to me, right? I think when he lost that game, I think it was Bo Nix. They lost the opener, I think, at Texas Stadium or AT&T Stadium to Auburn. That's when I saw people just kind of just push back from Herbert at that point. So his stock took a dive during the season as well. And I think he never recovered. They lost some games in Oregon, the system and stuff like that. I mean, it, it happens, so I understand it. It's just 
But all it takes is one, though. It always takes one team to really like you and really believe in you. And maybe that's yeah. your Mac Jones for college. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe I got totally fucked up, and I just don't know what I'm talking about. But it's again, it's valuation, talent, and upside. And I still think even the Niners, as they are, they need more at the receiver spot. They need more. To me, I mean, you have Kittle. You have a nice scheme running the ball, but I'm like. I'm like, you guys need another big-time receiver, like a like a big-time true X receiver. That's just my thoughts for the Niners. You're not a fan of Ayuk? You don't think he can be that? A number one guy? Yeah. I, I don't think he has – collectively, I have an issue with Debo. I think I think Debo Samuel can't stay healthy. That's No, my not one Debo, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to circle back to him too. Oh, my bad, my I, bad. I think, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I, I just think that they have to be relying upon a true number one receiver with more height and more of a catch radius. I know the guy's got crazy long arms for a guy that's 5'11 or six foot. I know. I understand it. I just don't think you want to rely on a guy with that kind of window, if you will, that kind of catch radius, if you will. You want to rely on him. I think you want someone, maybe a bigger guy, maybe, hey, look, I don't know, maybe they trade back for somebody. I have no idea. But I think if that's your number one guy, you might have some problems. Just just my future looking. That's I fair. traded away Ayuk. I got you got rid of them? High value. Sold them off. See? That, See? that trade I was mentioning earlier with the 101 and Derrick Henry and all that, I moved I moved him for the 106 and whatever, moved the 106 to get up to where I am now. It's now with the 101 with Cortland Sutton in the, the next two years' seconds. And move Derek Henry, got rid of him in high value. See, so we, we have another non-believer. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to take the next step. I just don't see it. That's just me. I don't know. I I, I like. I, look, I think Kittle. That offense, they do some interesting things with that offense because of Kittle. I mean, you know, they went to the Super Bowl without ever having a real legit receiver on that team. Who was My there team. that year? That's what Kittle, I'm saying. Who, who am I exactly. Missing, though? Exactly. Kittle and some uh, running backs. Oh, well, what's his uh, name? Um, didn't Goodwin they run for there. like a book? Like two people there. ran for a boatload of years, yards of that? Marquise, that? Marquise Goodwin had a good year. And, yeah. well, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying it was all good, that, but by his by his standards. And I don't even remember who else. Could you imagine the damage they could do that with Kyle Pitts? Can you imagine that? If, if he became your, your tight end, your hybrid receiver tight end, all the multiple looks you could do from 12 personnel, you can flex him out wide, the slot. Man, you can do some crazy damage with that guy. Where you know you have your, your bona fide X, but you also have your, your move tight end. That, that's a crazy fantasy, though, for me, just thinking about that right, right now. But my point is I think they need somebody with a bigger type of guy that gives you more multiplicity in your offense. It's just my take. It's my thought. What do you mean, multi, like, as far as uh, the receivers go? Yeah, man, I, I think you, you watch them play, right? And I look at Debo Samuel, and it's like Debo Samuel is almost pigeonholed into playing inside the slot where he's most dangerous and kind of getting on the move. I think if you, if you get somebody like Kyle Pitts, I, I'm just thinking about the damage I could do. If I, if I come on 12 personnel, I line him up in line along with, uh, I forget his name, not Kelsey, uh, Kittle. Kittle? And I, and I, yeah, and I tried to flex him out wide. I can, move, I can have him lined up in line with a linebacker, flex him out wide, and have him pretty much go one over the top with a linebacker. Like I can do so much different stuff with that guy just by having him in my lineup. 
So I think, I mean, if he goes there, then you have something to play with. I just, I just don't think you can rely on Brandon Ayuk as your number one guy. Say, okay, this is my guy. I, well, I just, <laughs> good, John. Sorry, I'm curious what Twitter would do if, uh, let's just say, San Fran gets crazy and goes pits three overall. Just. Oh, I mean, you got to shut the show. You got to shut it down. I mean, it's, but I mean, I, like I'm saying, it's obviously they can't because no. you have to. You had to like Jimmy's gone, right? You agree? Like, well, Jimmy's no, out, right? There, there's talks right now that New England's working out a restructuring of his contract to bring him back. So, so I didn't mean to ask you that question, but I'm <sighs> I'm just saying I, I think that's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to to get a quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Twitter would implode on itself if they did something like that. Uh, be, <laughs> I just like to sit back and watch them. <laughs> the fireworks. So Bo, uh, so what's so what's your prospect that you, that you know is going to go to a bad situation, or you believe is going to the worst place possible, or Siberia of sorts? That's a good question, man. I don't. I I I more feel like I guess I was <laughs> I was ready to to dog on the Raiders because I'm still baffled by what they did last year. Um, was it Farrell? No, nah, you know the Farrell, the Farrell thing was fine. It, I mean, I, I don't. He's not lived up, but I mean, I, I guess I don't hate on that one as as much. I just find it interesting that last year they drafted Rugs, Bowden, and Edwards. Oh my gosh! And and I remember when they drafted Edwards in the third round, I looked at my wife and said, "Weird. I think they drafted their best receiver in the third round." And, Brian Edwards. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Now I remember now. So, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I, I literally said, I think the best receiver they actually got out of the three they drafted was the third one they got, you know? And I was just like, it's a great third round pick, but what, what are you doing? I, I don't know. But as far as a, a player that I'm worried is going to land, I, my biggest fear is because I love him so much. I don't want Javonta Williams to go to just, a team that just doesn't know how to use a running back, right? That's my biggest fear, man. I just like to, so how about you? Just like to remind everybody that Rugs went before C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson. And T. Higgins. Before Judy also, right? Was he, was he the first guy off the board? Yes, right? Uh, pretty sure he was, yes, he was pretty the, sure first, he was the first receiver, receiver the taken. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Judy. Yeah, yep. Judy went before Judy oh, Jefferson, Tristan Wirtz. Judy Jefferson, Pittman, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool. Well, then, man, look, it, it's okay to bust on the Raiders. It's fine. I, I've maintained for years, man. John Gruden is an absolute hack. I, I've thought that for see, years, like and it's just him. how he. Well, look no, at his see, offensive line right now. Does he even have no. You know what? I've, I've no. I'm sorry. I've bagged on Gruden ever since Tampa. I, I really have, and I think it's just how he. It's how he built his roster, man. If you guys remember, I remember he tried to acquire Jeff Garcia and Jake Plummer on the same day. And the yeah. quarterback collecting and, and how he snaked Chris Sims. I just – I've never – and I mean, even paying Charlie Garner a bunch of money, I've never been a fan of how he built his roster. But they so win, the though, man. Pick is crazy. I mean – Win I mean, what? Yeah. Okay, win Rich – come on. He took Rich Gannon <laughs> and Charlie Gardner to the Super Bowl with the Raiders. With who, with who else? Come on, come on now. With who else? But I'm just going. okay. He took the uh, uh, he, he took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brad Johnson to the Super Bowl. 
He's Barry Switzer 2.0. Just call him Barry Switzer. Just call him that. I, I disagree with I'm just I just named you two run-of-the-mill journeyman quarterbacks he went to the Super Bowl with, man. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon had Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. Charlie Garner was actually a good running back. I a agree. Very good running back. But Jerry all Charter, of those all of those guys were towards the end of their career. What about the What's defense? The last one? But the defense was good. They did. But you just and said you hate the way he built the roster. I was just saying, I thought he did okay. You just when named a group Tampa, of guys. Hold on. When he went to Tampa, what happened though? He, he pretty much took Dundee's team. Yes. Just like Barry Switzer. Won a ring that first year. That's right? Fair. That's fair. And then what did he do? He paid Garner a bunch of money to do nothing. He never won another playoff game after that for like 10 years. It was garbage. Like he was, he was garbage. Jonathan Kenyatta Walker and Maurice Stovall and that receiver from LSU. That was that was a bust. Uh, Jennings. He, I mean, I think he's one of the worst guys, worst guys to develop a quarterback and build the roster with. I think he's the worst guy. But that's me. I could be wrong. I could be hating a little bit, maybe. But they won nothing after 2 Like nothing. I guess it's a good thing that nobody signed him to a long-term coaching contract. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just, I, I feel like he's got a lot out of players that nobody else wanted or thought they could get out of. I don't think Switzer ever did that, man. That's, you bring up some valid points. So I, I'm not trying to dog the logic or anything like that and i'm definitely not saying uh, he's all that i mean i thought he's done it i was excited to see him come back because he's a just like we talked about earlier different time and place in the nfl you know what i mean so i was curious to see it play yeah. out yeah but yeah. i mean i do go back to that raiders team and i i'm still enamored with the team he put together there charlie gardner was a cast off i agree he was but i had him on From fantasy rosters. yeah yeah oh, i had I mean, him on, for years then yeah, I had oh, him on man. fantasy rosters. Rich Gannon had been on I don't know how many different teams as backups. Jerry Jeez. Rice was at the tail end of his career. Tim Brown was also at the end of his career. And that poor man, he deserved to make a run. I mean, he played on so many bad Raiders teams. as like he did more on punt return and receiving the ball than the whole offense did at times, you know? So I just – and I thought that he did a decent job with – with the offense, I mean, Tony Dungy, basically, they fired him because he couldn't make the offense perform. Well, I mean, he had Sean King. I mean, you know, it's, it's all Dilfer and King weren't going to win you anything. Well, Dilfer did later. Okay. Oh, but if I, if I gave you, if defense, I came, but if I came to you and said, I'm giving you Brad Johnson, were you excited? Over Sean King? I mean. I mean I'm just saying they're like, about the same. They're about the same as where I'm coming from. It's like it's like manure to shit you're asking okay, me. But uh, right, right. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, no, I, I, I see your point. Oakland was definitely built a lot better, but it had a, a good defense too. It's just it what happened after that, and it just deteriorated in, in Tampa. And his draft picks were just, it was bad, man. It was just bad. Yeah. I mean, taking a running, even like, for example, right, let's talk about uh, the running back in Oakland now. I look at him, I'm like, you're going to get burned up. They're going to burn you out. You're going to have 400 carries a season. You're going to get washed out, just like Cadillac Williams, just like Larry Johnson. Like, they're going to wash him out. 
I think no, John, I don't even think you're you're not picking up uh the running back out there in Oakland, are you? Or LA, are you? I Maybe. have Drake, yeah. I have Drake no, already. No. Yeah, I would say I have Drake already, but as John, I've been a bit of a Jacobs hater for the most. I mean, especially after dude's mugshot with his fucking weld on his head. I'm like, I want no part of that oh, action. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> I, I dodged a bullet last year. I remember talking to the guys about a, a trade I was trying to do to get a running back help, and it was Jacobs, and everybody was like, John, don't do it. John, do it. So Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just don't – and then they brought Drake in. What, what, what's Gruden going to – they don't even have an offensive line right now. But Who again, is going to go out there? See, see, Bo, see what I'm talking about? See, see what I say about John Gruden? It's, the guy's either a quarterback collector. But this, this is the guy. He's a quarterback collector, or he just burns resources. You take Lynn Bowden, and what you do, you cut him, right? So you, you draft Lynn Bowden to cut him, or you take Renfro, you bring in Aguilar, but then you take a receiver in the first round, you don't even play. Granted, it's COVID year, right? So nothing's normal, but other people adapted. Justin Jefferson, nobody really saw him blowing up. He blew up. CeeDee Lamb, obviously, he was touted about. In, in all fairness, on Justin Jefferson – on Justin Jefferson, there were quite a few people that I read that said, look, he's probably going to be the most impactful because of where he landed and what he will be for that offense. But over the long haul, don't be surprised if that's not the guy we look at as number one. Now, looking back now, last year, I think some people are now changing going, man, Jeff Jefferson is like, it's not just the system and where he was at. Justin Jefferson is fucking good. Can I ask one question, though? Because I, I got burned. Because actually, he was in, in waivers for me in my league for a while. Um, does anyone, yeah, dumbass me. Does anyone know this for a fact, though? Do they still deploy mostly a two-receiver system? I think for oh, the like, Vikings? It's, yeah, it's a very with targets, hurt, though? Right? It, um, so at the beginning of the year, his tar- the reason he was on the waiver wire is his targets were low at the beginning of the year. They run – it's it's a very much similar to a Kyle Shanahan system. It was a Gary Kubiak offense, and now Gary Kubiak's son has taken over. So they do run quite a few two tight end sets. That's part of the Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak type of offense. But you always McCaffrey, have two – McCaffrey, 2.0. Right. So you See, have pissed. two receivers. You have two receivers out there pretty much at all times anyway. But, yes. Because so it feels like he has more opportunities than most – like. I know, and we shit on Henry Ruggs, and I get it, but it seems like Jefferson had more chances at the ball than anybody else. Even seeing well, Lamb splitting time. I can look at his targets because it wasn't it, – there wasn't a lot to begin – To begin the year. Because I'm you know up here I'm in actually, Viking country. What I'm actually surprised is that the Vikings threw more than they rushed. I'm actually kind of Yes, surprised. that was – Dalvin Cook hurt? But it's really close. Like, it's, it's 55-45. He, 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 he did miss – LP, he did miss a few, a uh, couple of games, and there was a couple of games. I'm sorry, where they weren't sure of his availability. Okay, okay. So we we had guys picking up Madison and the other guy, Boone. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, Boone. Mike Boone. Wow, 88. Wasted I I tell you what, LP, he had to have more opportunities because he had 125 targets. He started 14 of 16 games, had 125 targets. And compared to Thielen, where are we at with Thielen? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm looking. That's what I'm trying to find. I'm looking. said he had 125 targets. 88, catch, 88 catches, 
125 targets for 1,400 yards. It's good for 24% of the overall attempts for the team. So what's that? That's like, oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's 24 point some odd percent. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had 108 targets, 74 catches, 925 yards. Here's the thing. Thielen had 14 touchdowns to Jefferson seven. Well, okay. Well, maybe the most in the red zone then. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the red zone targets are looking like, but I mean, I, I'm not surprised. But I am surprised that Jefferson had more targets overall than Thielen. That, that that's the surprise right there. Okay. Here's so what's maybe, interesting. Here's what's interesting though, LP. Thielen started 15 of 15 games, while Jefferson started 14 of 16. Point being is whether he started or not, Jefferson did play one more game. Now Thielen's not going to make up 20 targets or 17 targets. But say he had eight targets that game, that puts him at 116 to 125. I mean, they're pretty much in the same ballpark. Thielen's just getting it. Jefferson's getting it further down the field is the biggest difference. I mean, 14 total receptions difference. 14 total difference in in receptions and a difference in almost 500 yards. What do you have on the average depth of target? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know where I can find that. Pro football reference, man. (laughs) Oh, uh, look that stuff up, man. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a subscription there as odd as that sounds. Oh, no, that, that oh, was free. Oh yeah. no, I'm on I am on Pro Football Reference. So do I want to go to um like more advanced advanced stats, maybe? I think so, yeah, advanced. Okay. Yeah, I go to Pro Football Reference is the bomb. Okay, here we go. A dot. Is that what A dot is? Yeah, average depth Eight? of target. Okay. Jefferson 11.4, Thielen 11.5. Wow. It's almost a dead even split. It's dead even, man. Damn. I did not wow. see that. Damn. Learn something new. Damn. But, but see, that's my but that's my thing, even with like, let's say Cleveland, for example. Like even with Stefanski, right? Stefanski's now in Cleveland. And it's a lot of the same thing with the running backs, the two back, you know, the, the two back sets and the uh the two receiver sets. I'm like, man, and that's why I'm so pissed at Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham not working out because the opportunities are there, especially right. off play action in that run scheme. Right. Yes. And yes, I, it is. I don't know about you guys, man, but I'm not touching anybody that's catching a pass in Cleveland. Nobody. Landry, Beckham, Higgins. They, they kept Higgins, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Higgins still there. So, so here's some I'm interesting out. stats for you guys. Okay. Yards, total yards passes total yards passes traveled in the air before being caught okay jefferson 947 yards feeling 682 this is also interesting receptions per broken tackle 9.8 for jefferson 37 for Thielen. so in other words breaks the tackle at a higher clip Oh, at a ridiculously higher clip. I mean, almost four times. Well, I mean, I mean, I could have told you that without looking that up, though. I mean, I, I could have told you that. I suppose, you know? but I'm just saying, I guess what that illustrates to me is wherever Thielen catches the ball, that's where the ball is. I'm laying down. I'm, I'm you getting know what down, I'm yeah. I mean, just to give you an idea of how much different it was, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, 14, 15 and 14. Chad Beebe, 10. Tyler Conklin, 19. Old B.C. Johnson, seven. 
Alexander Madison, 2.6. I mean, Thielen is like off the charts bad, bro. Catch and lay down. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a guy like that back in the day. I can't think of his name. Same time, I, th- I think it was Ricky Prohl. Just catch the ball and fall over. Like that, that's it. Like I'm, I'm here, and that's that's all I got for you. But not, the, well, no, I'm all, sorry. Terrence Williams, I'm sorry. Terrence Williams on the Cowboy. That's who it was. The old possession. The old possession receiver. Those man, that see, and that's the thing with the NFL now. Like your value is not the same. I mean, like. I'm sure it's good to have a guy like Anquan Bolden that can just catch a pass, run an eight-yard curl route, and catch the ball and get down. But, I mean, now with the spread stuff, you need a guy to catch and go, catch and scoot, which, I mean, love to your guys, the Niners too, guys like Debo and, and Ayuk too. But, yeah, that that's that's a piss-poor stat, man. That's an awful stat. It's terrible. Damn. That's a bit, yeah. All right. So – so which team, John, which team is going to lay an egg tomorrow? Who are we going to be laughing at next week on the show? Who's getting the lump I mean, of kinda, coal this year? I feel like it's going to be uh, the Green Bay Packers again. Let's go draft a quarterback in the first round when your MVP quarterback needs a freaking wide receiver. What the F? So I think they're going to drop the egg again. I just – why? he had a great season last year but he could have probably made it through the playoffs had he had that extra weapon. That's my feeling. Who are they picking? Who are the Packers? Who are they picking? Last year? Nah, this year. Who are they picking? This year? Oh, shoot. I mean, I wanted free agent Will Fuller to go there. That didn't happen. Um, I don't know who they're what, – what picks do they have? I don't remember what picks they have. I think it was 24, 25. Well, while you're looking it up, while you're looking it up, so I got one too. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah, I, can't I, I got two teams. I have the Giants and the Eagles. Reason being is they're going to lean to go offense. Oh, man, the thing blacked out. Whatever. They're going to lean to go offense. And the reason why – I'm sorry, they're going to lean to go defense because they have to fix their defenses, but they're going to pass up on either Chase, Fallen, or maybe Waddle or Devontae Smith because they're going to say, look, we got to go defense. So I'm picking my guys to lay the egg, the Giants for the Eagles. Giants for Eagles. Picking 11 and 12. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they picked Daniel Jones with the sixth overall a couple of years ago, oh, right? Gosh, yeah, man. Nice and early. Uh, he's not terrible yet. He's better than Mitch. You know, I called that shot. But I, I, I traded for Daniel Jones last season on uh, my, one of my rebuilds. I traded away Matt Ryan. I, I overpaid for Daniel Jones and somebody else. With, with Garrett? Oh, my God. Pat Shermer. No. Pat I was Shermer made Daniel moment. Jones better. You know what, man? Honestly, guys, I you know, I called that shot, like, way back in, like, d- December. That's pretty like, impressive. I, I called. Man, so check this out. So I called Daniel Jones going to the Giants in December, and I, I told – my friend's like a big, big Giants fan, and I told him why. I said, look, man, this connection with Cutcliffe from Duke, it makes too much sense. Every time a Manny wanted to go to college, they, they went with Cutcliffe, every single time. Then you had Manny gets hurt in 2012, hurts his neck, goes back to Duke, and look, lo and behold, it's like Daniel Jones at like six, right? Or was it eight? I can't remember six. which pick. Six. 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 But I called that way back in December, right? 
I still got the screenshots to troll him too. I told him I knew what was going on. So it's wild. Wild's on or what? Well, I'm 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 going with what I harped on earlier. The Raiders are gonna find a way to screw it up again. I don't and here's my here's what I don't get. I like Mike Mayock. I think he in the past was pretty good and savvy about some of his picks and players. And I don't know if he's being too bold nowadays, but uh, they, I think he's getting like pushed I said, around. I, I guess, man. Like I said, not saying that Edwards should have gone in the first. They made a smart pick with him in the third, but they did not. The first two picks were not good picks, man. I mean, hell, they traded Bowden midseason. And now Bowden's now going to be – they've gone back and forth from a running back to a receiver. Nobody knows what the hell he is. Yeah, but isn't that a Raiders pick? And see, that that's that's yes. like – he's yes. similar to the guy they had with uh, – Ty- no, well, not – I'm not saying the same form of a going back receiver and running back, but I remember Taiwan Jones, third-round pick with the Raiders before, right? Guy's real fast. He can do both. And he's probably still in the NFL, but he was a corner and running back. And he's also a third-round pick. It's just they had a good personal guy there with Reggie McKenzie, and they fired him for no good reason, just because yeah, oh we want a new face. Wasn't Bowden yeah, a second-round pick? Probably the third. Was he a second? No, no way. Edwards. Edwards no way. was the third. I'm pretty sure Bowden was the second man. The Kentucky guy. Oh my yeah. gosh! Serious? Wow. Yes. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Watch. Wow. We're both be wrong. <laughs> We're both going to be wrong. He was a first round pick. How 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 no. crazy would that be? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a second. Holy shit! I think wasn't he early second too? Something silly. I, I thought it was early third, but I, I could be tripping. You you might be right there, man. All right. So. Oh no, you're right. Third round, 80th overall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like yeah. reasonable. Even though that's, that is reasonable. That is reasonable. Yeah, but we, it's still, away a third round pick, man. Right. Jesus. I'm with you. Well, like I said, they got a great value in uh, in Edwards. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not bad. But still, because they, they took away Abrams in the first round. So, so took, Abrams in the first round. They took, they took Bowden and Edwards back to back, 80 and 81. First Man. round they took. Let's see here. Did they trade back? How did they not have an early first round pick? That's wait, 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 wait. Last year it was Rugs, Abrams, and they had three there of them. All right. So they had the twelfth was Rugs. And you thought Abram was next? Abrams was like 27, right? That that's the Amari Cooper pick. Mm, no, sorry. No. That's a 19. I got I got my years mixed. 19th. I got my years 19th. Yeah, 19th. They took Damon Arnett. Oh yeah, Ohio State. Right, right, right. Okay. Ohio State. Yes, correct. Correct. And then in the second. Part of the reason I'm looking for Los Angeles and it's Las Vegas, so that would help. Hmm. I don't think they had one in the second. 
doesn't look like it. Boy, there was a lot of third supple round supplemental they picks. <clears throat> yeah, they Trout went. Made... Damon. Go ahead. No, I'm just noticing. Yeah, it doesn't look like they had a uh, second rounder mm-hmm. last in the Raiders. Now they had two thirds, 81 and 80. Fourth round, they had 139 and 109. So, wait, 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 wait. So, so they picked back to back in the third round? Correct. Yep. And they picked yep. Edwards and Bowden. Bowden, mm-hmm. Edwards in that order. Yeah. So so it would have been two two receivers back to back. I mean after after taking Rugs twelfth overall. Yeah. Yeah, you tell me it was, it was COVID, right? <laughs> it was because of COVID, you said. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, then tell you, man, this man's a shitty roster. But I, I do think honestly he because think about it, right? If your GM is is Mike Mayock, I get it. Man makes what five million dollars a year, four million dollars a year. Something like you make a hundred million dollars. Make a hundred million dollars. You obviously have the loudest voice in the room, clearly. And Mark Davis seems like he's the kind of guy that's just look, I don't know what I'm doing here anyway. Like this is the apple falling way far from the tree as far as football acumen and knowing what's going on. Mark Davis is not out Davis any stretch of the imagination. So, so it's like he defers all to John Gruden. And I can tell because if you if you piss away picks like that, a first round receiver. A third round receiver, and that's one you said right before the other one. Nah, that's bad, man. But that, but that's always been the Raiders. Like, I remember a time when Raiders had yeah. a new number one target every single year. It went from Chad Shillings, I think, Jerron Kreiner, and then somebody Darius else. Darius Hayward like Bay. If that ever happened, but I just remember there's always some bum in the third round that they liked. I'm sorry, no, Jacoby Ford. Jacoby Ford. The fast guy from Clemson that he led him in receiving yards one year, and like it's that, or they they, they drafted Terrell Pryor to play quarterback. Some, some some dumb Raiders shit. I like I like they, always. They constantly go after speed. That has always been their thing, and I mean they have wasted pick after pick. That's what Rugs was. It's what Rugs was. That's Rugs their was the DNA, fastest. man. That's their D- that's and that's why I said, trust me. There's a team going home with a lump of coal in their stocking, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Tell it. But it, man, if it does, and it's funny, man, it doesn't matter. It's even the corners, too. And I've seen the corner picks, the Fabian Washingtons, the Stanford routes, 40 time, 40 time, 40 time, 40 time. Michael, yep. Michael Huff, too, right? Yep. Stuart Schweitzer. It's always the same crap, man. Always the speed. And then when you finally got it right with Cleo Mack, you dish them off for some dumb reason. Mark Cooper, yeah, we don't need him. Reason. And then, yeah, one of the first things you got to get locked down is an Ed Rusher. You had one. What the hell did you move him for? Exactly, man. But but this is why I keep telling you, I'm not a Gruden fan. Even the whole thing with, with Carr. Carr told you guys, I will take a discount. Keep my guys here. I'm going to take less money, quote unquote, less money to pay Khalil Mack. What do they do? They trade him. So then when Gruden comes in, I'm taking less money. I have constant rumors of me losing my job because the coach doesn't like me, but I'm running his crazy verbiage offense. But I'm going to convert you someday. That, man. Offense, I'm gonna convert that you. offense is, is, is a little ridiculous. The verbiage in that offense is a little insane. And I'm, I'm not a, like, like, I'm not a deep X's nose guy. I, I guys confession. I didn't play football. Okay. So I'm not all the way in there like that, but I think we know, you know, come, come on, man. It, it's simple. It's, it's not it's not overly complicated. It doesn't have to be. 
but your results suck. And your valuation on a running back in the first round is just beyond stupid to me. So, and I, and you have, and then they picked a, a tight end again last year, right? Like a third round tight end also on top of that. Fuck, I just had it up. Talking about the Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think they just did um, safety, cornerback. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember them taking um, okay. Okay. tight end. I know the Pats yeah, they, traded up to draft two of them and then, you know, signed two this year. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. It was a Jason Witten. So they had, I think, already three oh, times yeah. on the roster and added Jason Witten. Yeah. Already yeah, had Jason Waller. You're right. Yeah. It's just, it's just they, they just, they, I mean, I do agree. They are going to screw themselves. They piss away premium assets like nobody else does that I've seen. So, yeah, yep. you're probably right. Oh, they did get uh, undrafted tight end, undrafted free agent tight end, Nick Bowers. But – they only had – they had – shit. They had three third-round picks, 80, 81, and 100. Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, inside linebacker Clemson. And then they went guard and cornerback in round four. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a hot mess. And, and to yeah. be honest yeah. there, LP, I, like I said, I had – if you notice what I said earlier, I said I had had high hopes for Gruden over there. So – you, you aren't necessarily not convincing me that you're right. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not really disagreeing with your stance on, on group. And John, you heard him, right? You, you I heard him recording. It's just, look, I'm with you on Mayock. Like I said, I'm more dumbfounded by Mayock making some of this stuff. And, and what you make the point about the coach and all that. And Gruden is out there. And that's probably why I like him. To be honest with you, I mean, he entertains. You're not me. alone, though. No, you're not alone. No. You're not. Alone. I mean, he's he's in, that's what it is. He's entertaining. He's a, he's an engaging kind of guy, and he has that kind of energy that you want to kind of get behind. But I think living with the devil is different than seeing the devil across the street. And I right. think if you're an organization that you play for that guy, you have to understand that it's a lot of intensity, a lot of bluster, that may not always result in high level strategy. Like, if you talk, like, we talk about the best coaches in football. Like, we talk about the best coaches in football. I know his name is nowhere near that list anymore, albeit he has the ring. I mean, like, is anyone convinced that he's a better coach than Sean McVay, despite the experience and the ring? Is anyone saying, okay, John Green's a better coach than Sean McVay today? Mm. I, I don't think so. No, no, no. So, I, it's, I, I mean, yeah, so I think I think, and I I bag on them a lot, but the pedigree is what kind of matters to me too. And I think certain guys when they have a ring, and like, and here's my problem with Gruden. And I always had this problem with Gruden. People want Gruden for the bravado and the attitude and the swagger, right? He has the right. ring. His win percentage, I think, levels right up there with Brian Billick too. And no one ever asked for Brian Billick. No one ever says, "Oh, we need to bring back Brian Billick." No one ever says that. And he went on the back of his defense too, and he's an offensive guy. Yeah. But no one does it. So, but I don't want to just bag on Gruden for for an hour and a half. That's that's already been been said. We're getting blocked. That's fair. Sean Gruden's blocked. <laughs> We're getting canceled, well, man. You, I, shit, I, I got blocked by Wade Phillips. I didn't even do anything, dude. You got blocked by Wade Phillips too. Oh, you too? Well, yes. Why did he block you? I don't know, oh, man. He followed something. me, dude. He followed me. Even I think I made some comment about his dad. There was some NFL thing I was commenting on, and I think I dogged on his dad because all of a sudden I was like, why am I blocked by Wade Phillips? I'm like, 
hell, the guy even followed me at one point. So I, yeah, well, I'm blocked. Yeah, you're close. lucky, man. <laughs> I like, look, oh, I, lo- I have, I have a lot of faith and weight. I used to look, man, I used to have success on, on fantasy defenses just by following Wade Phillips around whatever team he Same. was defensive court, whatever team he was defensive coordinator on. I went to, I'm just saying it was, it was fucking money in the bag. So as a head coach though, he was fucking terrible. Awful. Absolutely. You awful. Know how, you, you know how many bad games he's been on the receiving end of like, how, like legit. Like, you know, that, that miracle and uh, that music, oh, the thing with the Titans, yeah, right? Yeah, was he was the coach on the bills. Yep. That Houston was him. City miracle. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't that special was teams. He was special teams coordinator though. That was, um, no, 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 no. he was head coach guy. though. Yeah, he was head oh. coach. That's right. Who was wait, special wait, wait, teams who? coordinator? Because there was Stop. somebody that was a significant coach on that team that was like, "Oh snap, that happened to him." Um, I have to look, man. That'll take oh, me a little to look. I'll find it for you. I'll, man. I'll, I'll get it pulled up. I'll get it pulled up. But but that's but, another team, man. That has a great example though. But, but I know we're getting sidetracked, guys. So I know we gotta stay on schedule and shit. Well, North Turner, okay. love him as an offensive coordinator. Horrible head coach. Ray Rhodes. Agreed. Excellent Agreed. defensive coordinator. Horrible head coach. Um, interestingly enough, Jim Harbaugh never was a coordinator, was a special teams coach. Pretty good head coach. Sean McVay started out as special teams, went into quarterbacks and offense. Guy's just a freak of nature with the way he memorizes plays. I mean – I think some of why he's so good is because he just can do things in his brain that others can't, quite frankly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and, honestly, even Andy Reid to me, Andy, Andy Reid without a ring. I think he was the guy without the ring. Even without a ring, he was the one of the best coaches. Like he had a resume that could stack up with Dungy, Cower, like all those guys. He had them. Mike Holmgren's one. All those guys, Cower's another one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they did. Oh, they can't win the big one. They can't win the big one. And that's why I struggle when people dog on Marty Schottenheimer. Where did he not win? I get he never won the big one. But his teams almost always went to the playoffs. Yeah, but you blame that on A.J. Smith, though. Because they had they had it going on with the Chargers. A.J. Oh, Smith that blew, that blew that one. Blew that. I, agree. Yes. I agree. I totally agree, man. But I'm just saying, that was his knock. Art Modell. Fuck Art Modell. Art Modell got rid of him in Cleveland. He was in Kansas City, got shit-canned in Kansas City because he couldn't win the big one and mm-hmm. constantly went mm-hmm. to the playoffs. And you're right. They screwed him. And, you know, by the way, do you know part of what got Schottenheimer fired, by the way? He supported Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Right? He supported Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yep. Drew Brees. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And but and that's like, who else? Not not Marty, but someone else got screwed the same way over. I'm sorry, Trent Baalke. Hold on, guys. Uh, Trent Baalke with the Niners. That whole Harbaugh thing went to crap really because of Trent Balking's ego. Ego got way too big for him. And now he's down there with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. So watch that that thing gets built up real quick. They get big in the head and all of a sudden you'll see either Meyer will get sick, quit, or something weird happens like that. Like I I was telling somebody I think Jacksonville in about two years will build this thing up real and fast. Then, and then have blow a slow it up. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I really don't doubt that. It's the it's well, the, the egocentric GM and the, the happy feet head coach. Right. 
Well, I tell you what, guys, because it's getting late for you, LP. I apologize for having us on so late. Man, and I got to say something. I really enjoyed having you on. John, it's always great having you on, man. So thank you both. Please be sure to follow John on Twitter, at John McNabb. And LP, hit me with your Twitter handle again, please. One more time, guys. It's at SDQ Flight Crew. SDQ Flight. I couldn't remember the first three parts, man. The flight crew I was all over. SD. What's the SDQ stand for? So that's the actually the airport code in the Dominican Republic. Oh, is that where you're from? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. I wondered. I yeah. I kept meaning to ask you what the flag was. Shame on me. Shame, 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 shame. The R, man. The land of Pedro Martinez and Manny Ramirez. Come on, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love both. Not a baseball guy, dude. apparently. I am not much of it. So my baseball days kind of dried up with the 1997 World Series. Indians or Braves? Braves, right? Indians. Indians. I'm I'm from Cleveland. Fuck Jerry. So, right? so Fuck I guy. went. I went. Um, I went uh, to the '95 World Series. We moved to Minnesota right when the Indians were good. My whole life they were. I mean, major. I own major league, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh wow. I, I wow. I live, I live that stuff, dude. I remember going to games and counting. You could count fans in the stands, and I kid you not. You could count fans in the stands. Corey Snyder and Joe Carter were in the outfield. Brooke Jacoby on third base. The guy that bangs the big drum way out in right field with two seats he paid for all by himself. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. All day, all game long. And they finally get good. And we moved to Minnesota. And I'm like, Dad, they're finally good. They're going to go to World Series. And we're never going to get to see it. He's like, if they go to the World Series, we'll go. 95, they went to the World Series. So my dad took me to the World Series there. Lost to the wow. Braves. That's lost cool. to the Braves. Man. And then 97, they played the Marlins. And they lost to the Marlins. And I, yeah, was, big into, I was big into swimming. <laughs> and so, hey, go you guys, man. Jim Leland, you know, they paid the money. Yeah. They built the team. Man, I hated your team. I, I, I man, I hate hate the Indians so bad. They made me jump from the Orioles to the Marlins. I hated them that bad. All those guys: J- Jared Wright, Paul Austin, Mocker, Chad OJ, Vierga, Bell, Manny Ramirez, too. Oh my god, I hated that team, man. Hated that team so hard. Man. Jim Tomey, man. Jim Tomey's my boy. Jim Tomey, and Oral Hershiser when he was there. Yeah, and of Jack, course Jose Mason. Jack Jack Morris. Jack Morris was there too. Oh man, who was you know, who, I never get this right. Who was the third baseman back then? Ed Sprague. Um, shit, who was third base? Because Vizquel was at short. Bega oh, was at second. Second. Bega was at second. Paul Sorrento. I don't know if Paul Sorrento was on the '97 team. He was on the '95 Mariners team. team. Mariners team. Ugh. I. Sir, that's the guy. I can never remember the third baseman. Uh, Travis. Oh. Shit, 97 third baseman was Jim Tomey. At third base? He was not playing first or DH, buddy. Oh, maybe that was 95. He was third base on in 95. But I think 97. Let me look it up, bro. Yes, Jim Tomey played third base. It may have been Oh, you know what? 97 it was Fryman, bro. Travis Fryman. And I think your catcher was Sandy Alomar. And the back was Tony Pena. Yep. Yep, that was Sandy Alomar. Was the, uh, 
hated that. And me and Robbie was there too for a little bit. Roberto was there for a little bit also. Man, I, yo, I hated that team, man. Hated that team. It's funny, man. My dad was actually good friends with Tony Pena for years. Really? Yeah, that's a baseball guy, man. Pena. That's how the announcer would oh, say it. Oh, one home runs for a season, Tony Pena, man. I just, yo, I hated that team. See, now I that I know it. you. Now that I know you're in the DR, man, I'm going to have to come down there. See, the wife and I got married in Jamaica. So we try to go every couple of years, go to the Caribbean. Oh, man, go there, spend a bunch of money. Actually, no, spend almost nothing, believe it or not. I've, all the stuff that, that you guys have seen out there, like, like Punta Cana and Puerto Plata, I've never been there, man. We're from like the sticks. Like we're from like like the sticks, like plateau on a mountain type of deal. So I've never What's seen a nice stuff. What's wrong with I that? I mean, it's, though, it's not. It's just not appealing, though. I mean, to you guys, it's probably not appealing. Do you want to go walk around the plateau? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. I don't know, dude. I like being up on the mountain. I mean, how, how far are you from the coast in all real reality? The beach, you mean? Yeah. Maybe two and a half hours, probably. Oh, really? That far? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a drive, man. It's it's a legit drive. Like where they're from, man, it's nothing but like wildlife and animals back there, man. Like, I mean, tra- like trapping animals. I was there like last time. My uncle caught a peacock off the. Oh, that's limb. fucking so awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, hit it with the rock and just kept it moving. Like it's it's whatever. Okay, so check this out, LP. 95-96, third base with Jim Tomey. Ninety-seven. Wow. He moved to first base. First. Okay. So let's see who third base moved. Because now, after you said that name, that name rang a bell, right? So let me. Got to be Travis Fryman. I think you're <sighs> right. So let me go to the 97 tribe here. Let's see. John Sopher right, is born, you man. Oh, no, you're fine. I was like listening to the conversations. I don't know nothing. Yep. I barely made it to the ball, so. Catchers. Oh my God. I forgot he was on this team. Catcher, Sandy Alomar. First base, Jim Tomey. Second base, Tony Fernandez. Shortstop, Omar Vizquel. Third base, Matt Williams. Left field, Brian Matt Williams? Yep, Matt Williams. Brian Giles. Helicopters from Brian Giles. Center field, center field, Marquise Grissom. Right field, Manny Ramirez. DH, David Justice. He was the man. Do you guys remember that Rock and Jock MTV softball games? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, David yeah. All day, man. David Justice and Kenny Lofton all day long. Wow. Guess, guess who was a backup DH on this team? Give me a hint. I, I probably know it, too. This guy has the most unique batting stance of all time. Not Jim Lairitz. No, Not Jim. but I guess oh, that would God. be close. Uh, he played for God. the tribe back in the day when Corey Snyder and uh, Joe Carter. Not Eddie Murray. Not Eddie nope. Murray. Is it Eddie Murray? Nope. God. Not Carew. Can't be right. Tony Phillips. Nope. Oh, you got to tell me now. Crap. Now you got to tell me. Oh, I was wrong. He did. Oh, wait. Let me go back and look. Yeah, he did play with them back in the day. Julio Franco. Oh, man. He, he played till like 50. Yeah, dude, he played oh, until like 2007. Man, yeah, yeah, but he hit straight smoke though. That, that yeah, yeah, that guy could have fast like it was nothing. Wow, Julio. Do you Franco. remember that batting stance though? It looked like Juan Gonzalez. Tatis, oh, it was like like the head, like the ball wrapped around the head. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I was saying it's got he he's got like yeah the bat way up high and fucking 
the hip all turned in with the knee all up in his fucking crotch or whatever. <laughs> it's not as bad as like Craig Council though. Like he held, you know, Craig Council held his bat like he was like a lady at home during a home invasion, like the broom over the head like this. Like Craig Council is like the worst of all time, man. The worst of all time. And Rock Crew and Tony Batista also. Like he was like, like eyes on third base while he was swinging. Like that. That was wild though. That was the, the wildest stance. So I do need to correct myself. Morris was not on the '97 team. Hershiser was. Charles Nagy was. Uh, Nagy, Bartolo, yep. Bartolo Colon was. Eric. He was Plunk young. Was yeah. He was young man. He was 24. Eric Plunk. Eric Plunk was. Um, Jack McDowell was. Jose Mesa was. Black Jack McDowell. Uh, who was the setup guy? That's, that's a good setup. Did you have Mark Wollers then? Uh, no, he was on Atlanta. Was setup guy. Wasn't Paul Shuey the setup guy? Paul Shuey. Nothing number 38. Uh, shows a, I don't see his number, but because yeah, it looks Paul, like they had. Paul Shuey. I remember, yeah, I remember Paul Shuey. Or was Plunk the setup guy? Because Mesa was the closer. Yeah. yeah. That, that, was, that was before Mesa. Went to jail. No, no, he didn't go to jail. He went to trial. He, he didn't go to jail. Uh, Why can I not see saves on here? That's dumb. Doesn't tell me what the saves were. That's lame. Because that would help. Huh. John Smiley was on this team. Anyway, look, sorry, guys. Sorry for carrying on. We don't usually go baseball. LP, I really enjoyed having you on. John, it's always a blast talking to you, man. I was going to ask fun, you guys. Bill. I was going to ask you some Bill Belichick questions, but we'll save that for another time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait John's a pass fan? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Oh, oh we, we got to give you super shit. All right, cool. Cool. We got ah, <laughs> yeah, you a lot so, so are, are you a Washington football team fan? Me? Since you're DC? Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Okay, I'm I'm a cowboy. That's right. You're Cowboys. You're Cowboys. My bad. You're Cowboys. That's right. Erica's team. Oh, man. Nah, but you know what's funny, though? Because everyone out here that's, like, under 20 is a pass fan. So it's all good. Well, I, I, that's, that's the only dynasty they know. <laughs> it's the only one I know, I'm being, I'm being honest. I've only known Brady for uh, as long as I've been watching football. So, Oh, man. So see, they, I'm true. Oh, man. Nah, yeah, yeah, you're <clears throat> way behind the ears then, though. So yeah. you've never I known the pain. Through. So you never know no. the real pain. No, I, like, I know the pain right now. The pain's right now. That, that don't count, man. That, that doesn't count. Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know hey, hey, when you have the pain of the drive, then get back to me there, Chief. I mean, it could always be worse. I could be a Browns fan. Bro? Bro? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Bo, you're a Browns fan? I'm pretty messed up, man. I've... I've it, I have Brown and Steeler stuff all over my house. He's all left. See, up. see, my dad's uh, from my dad's uh, from my dad's from Pennsylvania. Okay, big Steelers fan. All right. He met my mom in Indiana. His job moved him to Cleveland, Ohio. I was born in Cleveland, so from the time I was six weeks old, I had Steeler outfits on. Okay. Now, mind you, though, I lived in Cleveland during the dog pound heyday. Okay. So the drive, you know, everybody in Cleveland's all about the Browns. So like between all my friends harass me, I mean, dude, six, seven years old. And they're like, why aren't you a Browns fan? Reggie Langhorn lives a block away and his kids ride the school bus and you're not a Browns fan. What's wrong with you? 
You know what I mean? Type of thing. So, so dope. So, so dope though. So I, I told my parents that I was going to play football for both teams and they didn't have the heart to tell their six year old, you can't. So their response was, well, what happens when they play each other? I'm like, duh, I just play for the home team. How hard is it? So I had collections of all Steelers stuff, all Brown stuff. <laughs> I knew all the stats, all the players. I mean, if you want to talk, you know, Bobby Brister, Lewis Lips, and Steelers dynasties of the past, I can hang with you. You want to talk about the dog pound and Kevin Mack or the cardiac kids from a little bit before my time and then some, I'm game. Bring it on. We'll do it. So I'm messed up, man. That's there cool. is no lie. I'm messed up. But ah, you're good, man. You're good. My dad's a, a football team fan, so. And all about that stuff. I, I hear from all angles, man. All angles. I hear you. See, you're a football guy. You get it. So, you know. Of course, much man. Respect there, there's love, no two man. Team. Of course, man. There's, there's no that two-team bullshit out here. Like, I have two teams. I'm like, uh, whatever, man. I hear you. Like I said, in all fairness, they've never really – when one is good, the other one's been bad. So, I've never known any different than the Browns have just been a fucking dagger in my heart. And I'll be honest. I've been around, I've got to experience the Steelers Super Bowl or two, and it was pretty awesome. I honestly, at this point, I am a little bit more into the, the dog, the dog pound than anything else. So, it's and cool, I, ma- I, I managed to convince the wife to be a Browns fan. Figure that out. W. Might be the only yeah. get this season, but W. W. No, you know what it was? Was uh, hard knocks. Oh. Yeah, that's cool as hell, man. Yeah, that was hard TV, as hell last year. That was. I mean, that, right? that, that, that gets to all the wise, man. That gets to all. Man, we watched uh, what was it? the uh, All or Nothing with Dallas. So she signed up for that too. So I hear you, man. It's all good. It's all good. Awesome. Well, everybody, please give the show a follow at ATB underscore fantasy show. Be sure to follow John. Be sure to follow LP. Both of them are throwing down some great info. John, John is one of the best follows for. Uh, Man, he's got some great questions. He gets us all tagged in, some stumped questions, some awesome trades. He's not the poll watcher that a Paul is. That's right. I call Paul a poll watcher. <laughs> poll watcher, poll writer, poll, poll poster. Paul the poll poster. That's what we're going to start calling him now. PPP, <laughs> Paul the poll poster. He hasn't even been posted many lately, but please give John a follow. He's And he's always interacting. And LP, I love some of the stuff you've been putting down. I know we've recently started oh, following yeah, and interacting a little bit. So uh, I'm looking forward to more, man. I really enjoyed this. So thank you. And yeah, thanks for having shoot, me on, guys. Shoot, I'm supposed to be teasing what we're doing next week. And I forgot. Ooh. What am I teasing? I don't remember what I'm teasing. Oh, God. I think it has something to do with uh, a certain uh, ah, other. We have animal, a guest. Right? We have a oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry. So, Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, if you have an iPhone, John, you don't. Sorry, it sucks to be you. Do you have an iPad by chance? No, no Apple products in this house. Oh, you're one of those. Unfortunately, LP, Uh, where are you at, man? Android, but I have an I have an iMac, so we're good. Okay, we need to hook up on um, Clubhouse. So we can do that. Cool. So I can I can ping you and holler at you. Um, anyhow, yes. So I will be on with the Quan on the Clubhouse chat on Friday. So I got to make sure I get that out on Twitter. 
And what else? Hmm. Should have noted this better. I apologize, though. Well, Paul, if you're listening, I apologize if I forgot to tease something else, because I'm sure there's a guest coming on other than the Clubhouse chat on Friday. But IMAX Clubhouse, join us, LP. I look forward to it, man. Should be good stuff. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Please give us all a follow. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you.